This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is, I have to say, rather hungover, but delighted, delighted that Chelsea won a game of football. Goodness gracious me. Uh, Three games, three wins on the trot, three goals scored against the Foxes of Leicester City. Uh, Who would have thought, who would have thought that we were talking about Chelsea Football Club possibly facing relegation this season what a bunch of nappy shitters we all are to quote the lovely tony glover um but the question remains uh, have chelsea really turned a corner you know are we flipping and yinging and yanging like fickle football fans of generations and generations and generations past who knows but i tell you what though isn't it nice to be able to say as marco loves to say crisis what crisis Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, Look, we will be uh, investigating all the reasons why we think uh, we may be turning a corner uh, or may not be turning a corner, depending on your viewpoint uh, throughout the show. But I think actually tonight what we need to do, not least to assuage my massive hangover, is... uh, is to be positive where where needs be and gentle on Potter and uh, certainly gentle on me because I think I bloody well need it tonight. Um, to to explain to explain, JK's giving me his uh, his severe kind of Paddington Bear look at the moment because I'm a bit hungover <laughs> today. But yes, I went to see my one of my favourite bands of all time, which is Killing Joke, and uh, they were playing at the Royal Albert Hall uh, last night. Uh, playing their first two albums, which is something to definitely be experienced and enjoyed by me. And I went with my best mate and I drank far too much. Uh, I also saw uh, the absolutely fantastic Andy Cairns, who who, who many of you will know, uh, who listen to this show, uh, who were on this show, in fact, because Andy um, is a massive Chelsea fan and he's also the lead singer and guitarist of a fantastic band in his own right, which is a band called Therapy Question uh, Mark. So we got to see Andy too and had a few 
beers with him. So there we go. So if I'm a bit crap tonight, if I'm a bit like Chelsea uh, about a month ago, uh, you will know why. But in the meantime, I should introduce the uh, the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Jidge, even though you're slightly hungover, that was lovely. Should I whisper? Should I whisper? No, no, I'm all right. I'll survive. I've had enough. I've, I've had enough, you know, stodge, and I'm drinking some uh, Coca-Cola, which is a well-known, uh, you know, method of curing hangovers. And I have in my right hand a very strong coffee, and uh, I will be fine. And all as you say, gear. Doctor Theatre is beginning to kick in. I feel kick in, mm. and all the gear is there for you. Absolutely. Good, good. Apart from, your, apart from the Class A drugs, don't do that anymore. Yeah, but you're sounding strong and firm, oh, and. Ooh. I like the sound of that. Yes. And what about the voice? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Never takes long for a knob gag, does it, on this show? <laughs> anyway, Petal, how are you? You all right? Very good, thank you. Very you good. you were up there on Saturday with your lovely daughter, weren't you? Yes, yes. So you, you were there for a unique position. You actually oh. saw the fucking game, mate, unlike me. <laughs> She uh, she said to me, I do like it when they win. I said, yes, welcome, welcome to the club, I said. <laughs> but uh, no, she was great. She was great. She's beginning to uh, beginning to understand. I said, Mount's not playing. She said, yeah, no. She said, I get it, I get it, because she's a big Mount fan. I said, but you like Felix, don't you? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, good, cool. That's a nice, nice substitute. At the moment, Felix is playing a little bit better than Mount would one expects though we're not sure we'll get on to mount a bit later on won't we with we uh, we what on earth is happening because he's fully fit of course he's injured mate he's how, uh, why, you, you were saying this on friday mate he's listed as injured he's not how do you know i know right, okay how do you know i just know Chich. <laughs> right mixler shut your ears for a second how do you know i've been sent a message is it by ron Ron is not involved. Because Ron talks complete fucking shit. <laughs> it's not by Ron, no. I introduced Dan to Ron, by the way, the other day. And he said, I thought he'd look like that. And I said, yeah. <laughs> He's a Millwall fan, mate. Duh. <laughs> oh, enough of this nonsense. Uh, right, we've got, we've got one of our favourite, favourite, favourite people. And I have to say, JK, even in yeah. your presence... The yeah. longest standing, still uh, with us, member of the Chelsea Fancast fraternity. Yes, yes. He's giving us two V signs, not rude ones. No, victory. for victory, yeah. And he's wearing a really excellent beanie, a really excellent Chelsea Football Club beanie. So uh, you have to put on a fake voice because I haven't introduced you yet, but I'll ask you a question. This is like, what's my line? Do you remember that programme? <laughs> what, what, uh, what, what era is what's that? What's my name is more appropriate at the moment than me, mate. <laughs> What era is that hat? Well, you see, if you look closely, it actually says Chelsea FC Acid House. Oh, yeah, and it's got it's got smiley little smiley faces where oh, the red roses. Can't see that on Zoom, unfortunately. Yeah, what know. a hat! What are oh, yes? I say, I can see it now. Really? Yeah, don't don't do yourself a mischief. But yeah, smiley faces. Yeah, very good. Very good. Unique, unique hat. It so is unique. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen eighty-eight. Ooh, you were you were getting on down in those uh, warehouses a couple of years before Raven. I attempted to. I went, out, I went out with a girlfriend at the time who um, liked attending these warehouse 
raves and um and she'd come over at about uh, quarter to nine and then we'd have something to eat and then start getting ready for everything at midnight and by then of course i was asleep so the relationship didn't last very long as you can expect this is what, so, around this time that i stopped buying programs at football games because i would go straight out after the football and in, invariably f the following day find my program dissolved <laughs> crumpled mush in my back pocket because <laughs> it stayed there while you were getting on down yes while what... i was getting on one matey <laughs> getting on getting on getting on one down matey, <laughs> on one, matey. you still got it i'd have just lost i'd have just lost it i would, I would never had it in my pocket it would have well, there was that as well um, I was embracing Millwall supporters. <laughs> Ron, Ron will have been there. Love it. Good old Ron. Um, anyway, this is, of course, this is, of course, um, author, publisher, uh, savant, wit, gate 17 himself, Marco Worrell. Great to have you on the show, Marco. Lovely, as always. And, um, yes, Chidge, yeah. Chidge. Marvellous. I, I echo. I echo that. I just want to ask Mark a question. Did you ever find yourself in a field in Hampshire, uh, asking mother, "How did I get here?" Not in Hampshire, no. Oh, but uh, at various fields in in Essex, Berkshire, mm. um, Surrey, mm. some and some interesting warehouses in Kings Cross and the Docklands. Yeah. Yeah. That are probably bijou pied de terres for multimillionaires now. Yeah, in indeed. Great days they were. Great days. If only we could remember them. Anyway, uh, hopefully you'll all remember this show. There's a good reason why you might, because you can listen to it as a podcast again and again and again. They're like cockroaches. They never die. Uh, now, um, don't forget, of course, you can also listen to this little show live every Monday. Live. Thank you, JK. Every you Monday. didn't give me much room there, Chief. No, no, I, I forgot. Oh, thank you. But uh, you didn't, so well done you. Anyway, yeah, you can listen to the show live, live. every Monday and Friday at 7.30pm. 7.30, the new time. Uh, the new time designed so that we would actually always be on time, which is why we started 10 minutes late today. Actually, the reason we started 10 minutes <laughs> late today is probably because I'm a bit hungover, which I promise I won't say again. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want to go to Mixler, it's chelsea-fancast.mixler.com. And, of course, if you do, you can join in all the lovely chat. There's loads of people in there all having a good chat with each other about football, uh, the nonsense we spout, you name it. They're great people, many of whom are on uh, uh, on our Discord channel, which is like a 24-7 mixler, which is great fun. And many of the people on Discord are also in our Patreon group, which is lovely because it, they, they pay us a bit of money every month, which I kind of like. Anyway, you can also follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on uh, to the podcast on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. I always feel like saying, uh, come on, Ukraine, I thank you, because that's what Mr. Kidd does every fanbite. He always plugs uh, where we can where you can listen to the podcast. So there you go. If you do, uh, give us a lovely... Uh, minimum five-star glowing review. Right, on with the show in a short while.
mean, I've got to say, boys, it was. I don't know how Marco felt. I mean, you know, I I, I kind of dropped a dropped a bollock really because I, on Saturday, Marco, I decided it would be a great idea, given my very hectic schedule and all the silly things I have to do, that Saturday would be the day that I would uh, lay the paving slabs for my new greenhouse on my allotment. Thinking, of course, ah, a couple of hours work, and I'll be all right. Of course, being Saturday, I also woke up late, so I never actually bloody made it out there till one. And uh, and then I had to wave. Well, I thought, well, okay, Radio Five probably would have had uh, the Leicester and the Chelsea match on. Of course, they'd all longed it off in support of uh, his, you know, Saint Gary of Lineker. Um, so that's all right. I've got my phone with me. I'll listen to the guaranteed commentary of the game on the fifth stand Chelsea fifth stand app. Right. So I'm in the middle of an allotment in the middle of Hampshire, in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's actually in Winchester, but that's kind of the same thing. I click the app and it says, please update the app. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no problem. And it says, I do. I click on that thing that it says to update. Uh, no internet you have to basically I, I couldn't update the app because i have to have wi-fi to work to do, at which point i just fucking sulked and I, that, that's it i couldn't watch it so i couldn't watch a dodgy stream because i was in an allotment and i couldn't listen to uh the commentary on chelsea's fifth down app because the bastards would, wouldn't let me update the app so i Highlights on match of the day with a commentary. Well, a um, man. I mean, I I like like about five hundred thousand people who don't normally tune in. I I did watch it, and it was it was it was hilarious. Weird. It was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. I was praying. I was praying that Sky Sports would do us a solid and have it as the game of the day. So there. Do you, know it, do, you know, do you know what it reminded me of when I was a kid, or when, when I first started going into pubs? Um, and obviously there was no internet then, but quite often if you'd uh, um, if you'd been in the pub, like Sports Night with Coleman would be on during the week mm. or whatever, or match match of the Harry day. Harry Carpenter, and and I would go from the pub to Radio Rentals, which was uh, an emporium that where you could rent televisions, and yeah. they always had the the tellies on showing various things in, in the shop window. Obviously, you couldn't hear what was going on, but you could watch watch the highlights, and invariably there'd be quite a little crowd there. <laughs> very true. Very, I remember very true. that. At really, yeah, we used to do that. We'd say, "Oh, let's go down and watch it." In, I don't know what it was what was it called? Kets. It was called was the local local. Let's go to Kets and, and watch the watch the rugby or something, or watch on an afternoon just to watch that in the in the window. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. And, and say there was always a little crowd, people doing it. Yeah, that's Excellent. great. So anyway, I was praying that um, that uh, Sky Sports would have Chelsea's match as the game of the day. So there I, I had my dinner in front of me, thinking, yes, 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 I'll get two hours of this. I'll be brilliant. Fucking Spurs they chose, didn't they? I mean, to say I, I had, I threw a bit of a toddler tantrum would be an under. Understatement. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of flying, flying in the dark tonight on this show, lads. So it's all it up to you. It was on later though, Chidge. It was on later. Yeah, but I, I, I completely forgot that I recorded it, and then I had a meeting. Would you believe on Sunday morning, and then went straight up to London. So you know, and then as you know, I go, only got back late today with my tail fairly, fairly clearly between my legs. Anyway. Um, J.K., you know, good old Potter. He did kind of pick pretty much the team that we 
you know, kind of in, intimated uh, that he would, didn't he? Bless him. I think, um, I think he, he's tuning in for advice. I think actually. he might be, but he, he did pick the team and he picked the same, same, hang on, it's all going a bit pear-shaped. We got, we got Mudrick absolutely right instead of Serling and um, Havertz played behind him as we absolutely predicted. And Havertz is a is a different player he as is. a consequence. Havertz, the, the goal that he, the, the lob from uh, Fernandez, brilliant chip was absolutely immaculate and, uh, as I said in my fan back, what was so bizarre about that moment was that th we were so convinced it was either offside or that there would be a VAR intervention, as there was nearly every single time we scored, that nobody nobody cheered. The only time everybody, because it was far away in the in the the opposition goal, which was at the end of the ground, the only time everybody cheered was when they kicked off from the goal. We all started cheering then because we realised it was a goal because they all strolled back, all of the team, I think, waiting to see the, if there would be an intervention of some kind, because that was kind of the norm, really. He was some um, Mariner was the ref and he was um, he was, as usual, Mariner-esque in that they missed the dreadful tackle on Felix at the beginning, which wasn't shown on match of the day. And they missed Mudrick's goal later on which was only just offside and they missed that off match of the day. So yeah, yeah. the problem with those those um, highlights on match of the day was they just showed the basic elements of it and it wasn't anywhere near the reality of what we were up to. We were actually, it looked to me, to be, we were better attacking this time than we were in defence, Chidge. Mm. Well, yeah, that's something I do want to talk about certainly later on. Um, let's talk about the good thing, which is, Marco, that we actually did score three goals. It is now three wins on the trot. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, a month ago, I, 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 like many, I think, were wondering if I'd ever see Chelsea score a goal again. So, you know, it's been a really, really good week. And I know you, you, I mean, I have to say, actually, for those that are listening in and who follow Marco on Twitter, and you all should, he's a very good follow, not least is he doesn't involve in the silliness of Twitter at all. He just says nice things to people and has nice little laughs and all the rest of it. But he has been a beacon of positivity through the turgid shit that has been Chelsea Football Club for the last few weeks. And uh, I know I know you did do a tweet saying crisis, what crisis at the weekend. But uh, have, we, have we put the crisis to bed? Was there in fact a crisis? Have we been getting our knickers in a twist for no reason at all? Have we turned a corner? Um. Well... We've gone from 10th when we lost to Southampton <laughs> to 10th when we lost to Tottenham to 10th when we beat Leeds to 10th when we beat Leicester. But I think I prefer the current version of Chelsea in 10th place to the, the version of Chelsea that, that we had when we um, didn't turn up against Southampton. Um, I, I, I would say... Um, Couple of things. I personally think things have uh, turned a corner for Potter. Um, there's an element of uh, knowing how to set the team up with three at the back and the wing backs, and then having the intelligence to change that up um, during the game. Um, so I think Potter's team selection and in-game management has progressed from Southampton to, to to Leicester along the way. And and let's be honest, I think it needed to. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, who knows, you know, the chairman or the owners or the co-owners or whatever they call themselves, um, 
I I'm not sure if a defeat to uh, Leeds and then getting knocked out of the Champions League by Dortmund, um, followed by a defeat to Leicester. I'm not entirely sure if, irrespective of whether or not, you know, it's a long-term plan. Process, I, I, yeah. I, I just don't think Potter would have survived that. So, you know, I think to his credit, given the shit that he's had slung his way and the abuse, um, you know, fair play to the man. Uh, I mean, my mum, bless her, who's uh, 83 this year, um, she she was going loopy about Potter, sack him, sack him. And then after the game on Saturday, um, she was saying, oh, you know, I, I was so happy for him. And I said, mum, you're so fickle. And she yeah. said, yeah, but, but it's Chelsea, isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, and football. I think. I think we're. I mean, just to, just to. Just, it's really funny that that you you said. Well, Chelsea were in tenth when we lost to Spurs. Lost, and we're still in tenth now. And you know, I I I was with my best mate uh, last night. Who you know, you've met Simon a few times. I think, yeah. and uh, he's a massive Southampton fan. Uh, bless him. And 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 he was miserable as sin. And I said, mate, you fucking drew to United. You took a point off them. That's that's pretty good. Uh, you beat Leicester one nil last week. And you beat us 1-0 the week before, mate. You've got seven points in, in three games. What, what were you so depressed about? He said, mate, we're still fucking bottom. <laughs> I, I said, well, yeah, actually, that quite. I can't really say anything for that. I think you, if just looking at um, taking Chelsea out of the sole focus of the equation for, for the moment, I mean, if you look at look at Liverpool's results... Um, you know, they, they got battered, didn't they, by Madrid. Then they notched up their record victory over United and then got, you know, I watched the game, um, or I watched the first half of the game on um, Saturday when they got turned over by Liverpool. And then, you, and then United, who, you know, everybody was fating ETH as um, the Messiah after he won the... League Cup final, um, and then they get pummeled by Liverpool, winning win win their Europa Cup tie, and then draw at home to Southampton. So it is it's it's a strange season, and you know I think where where everyone apart from Arsenal and City are falling behind is consistency. So I think you know for Chelsea, I'm looking at the positives. And I'm looking at, you know, the balance of Chelsea's season in terms of the fixtures. And I'm thinking, you know, why, why can't Chelsea go unbeaten to the end of the season? We're, we're five games away from winning the Champions League. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you don't know. It's Chelsea and that's that's the beauty of it all. And, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, we've got a, a lot of good players in that squad. Um you know, obviously Potter's got a few headaches there and there's all the stories about him having to give minutes to players to keep them happy, etc. And You know, whether there's truth in that or it's supposition, I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, he's done what was asked of him when, he, when, it, when it was required. And now, you know, what everybody wants to see is um, consistency. So let's see what happens over the over the next few weeks yeah definitely that's a really good point actually and I think I think the key thing you know and we all know we've all watched football a long time and a, and a massive thing in football is momentum and 
you know, you know, winning breeds confidence, breeds more winning. Losing breeds lack of confidence and more losing. And it's it's we've seen it time and time again. Um, J.K. Um, yeah. You know, actually, I just to quickly pick up on a, a point that Marco made, actually, which is one that we haven't made on this show before, which is why it's always lovely having different guests on every week because you tend to get a different perspective. But uh, I think Marco makes an excellent point there that, you know, Potter's done what was asked for. In other words, his cock was well and truly on the block uh, before the Dortmund game, particularly. Uh, also the Leeds game. But I think more so that you, you were saying this a lot, definitely the Dortmund game. And you know he did what we needed him to do, and I think I think a, a bit of credit is due there for him. But uh, what I really wanted to ask you was, uh, I wonder if if you know another thing that's been said by many many people quite often in Potter's defence and the team's defence was that we've had an awful lot of new players coming in, and it will take time to gel them, which we kind of know is true, but it's nice it's a, it's it's an easy and convenient thing to forget. I wonder if they're beginning to gel, and what what I what I mean by that is that the you know a lot of the key players are returning that are making a difference Kovacic, Chilwell and James and you know a lot of the a lot of the players that have you know you mentioned this in the fan by actually really very humorously but a lot of the new arrivals are getting better as well aren't they even Koulibaly who we doubted is beginning to look more like the Koulibaly we thought we'd bought Kukurella what did you call him? he's no longer a poodle he's a terrier Yes. yes, I mean, that, I thought that was great. And Fafana, who we just hadn't really seen because he was injured, he's, he looks a hell of a player. So I think there's an interesting there's an interesting dynamic going on. And I wonder if, it, 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 you know, the, the, the sum of that really is that Chelsea are, in fact, beginning, you know, these whole kind of new team that we've assembled is beginning to gel a bit. I think it's partly to do because he's rather fortuitously or I think possibly stupidly arrived at playing three at the back with the two wing backs for these last few games. And it's helped that Chilwell has actually been playing out of his skin because Chilwell was fantastic on Saturday. I mean, absolutely star and is becoming a fan's favourite. Actually, he really is because he's such a smiley boy and he, he, he is the up. wing commander, mate. He, hey, I should call him the wing commander. I've forgotten all about that. I must call him that the wing commander, but he, he had such a good game. And um, I mean, all right, Reese wasn't available, but they seem to be flourishing in this system because Cheek had a fantastic first half. And he was the other person I mentioned in the fan bite. You know, credit where credit's due. It's some fantastic blocks and sliding tackles. So he's now that they've established that he is the the uh, the go to sub if Reese James isn't playing. And I'm finding the Reese James situation a bit difficult to deal with at the moment because he's clearly not the fittest boy is he the fittest boy on the block um because I it would think he's carrying an injury mate that's the problem i reckon i reckon that's the problem i think you're right and they said he was he'd caught a chill or hey, something jk like. i yeah. know i know he is no no i know you know chid i know and it wasn't it wasn't big ron who told me no it wasn't i know you know i know it's the same way that i know all about <laughs> actually okay. i'm lying everybody fucking knows he's carrying an injury he, I, I spoke to kerry on saturday he the first thing he said who's current injury mate <laughs> i said did big ron tell you mate he said who no no hey, go on carry on i'm being naughty small ron would be the other ron wouldn't it <laughs> or do Proper. ron yeah. yeah um so uh yes i think it's helped that they've been playing with the three i think Koulibaly has flourished in that setup as well and bizarrely because Silva's not been playing 
because he's been injured, it's given them uh, an ability, an opportunity um, to play Fafana regularly and uh, even put Cucurella in, which has given them all a go, you know? And it's it's weird how this has worked out that that Silva, who's clearly a world-class player and one of our best players, he's a, he's a mission from the side due to the dreadful injury he got against um, against Spurs. Is, um, uh, that has allowed these players to come in and play well when they haven't been at haven't been able to do that before. And I wonder whether it's the system, because I wonder in the four whether they don't have enough time and they don't quite know their positions with it. But they seem to actually work so much better having the two wing backs. And it really helps if you've got one of the wing backs, so both of them playing out of their skin. But Chilwa was just so excellent and he was excellent in the game before i mean he's a, he was excellent against against um Dortmund. he's a, he's a he's coming into his own therefore the bizarre simon johnson article today in the athletic about the fact we're about to sell him in the summer is absolutely fucking rubbish mate was all that about and i to if you ever want to disrupt a fan base with a with a story my goodness me he could have come up with something else other than that Come up with a debate hey, about something JK. else. Maybe he knows. Hey, he probably does know. In fact, <laughs> he knows he's talking shit. That's what he knows. But um, he's got big Ron on the payroll, mate. He's got my mate Ron on. <laughs> Ron used to get it right, Chidge. When Ron, he got it right when he was with John. I tell you, God help me, God help me if I ever meet Ron and he listens to this show. I'm in serious trouble, aren't I? Think I? You've met him. I oh, think have you've I? Met him. Yeah, I think he was there. Oh, no. He was there when you came and sat with me. He was there. I just didn't introduce you for fear that you would take it <laughs> cleaners. Well, not for fear that he'd probably kill me, mate. That's more like it. Of, I think if you confronted me with something, I reckon he would rise to his all of his six-foot-wide size. Oh, that he God. Could... <laughs> don't tell me things like that. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, he's not a small man. I don't mean that to, I don't mean that in a, in a slightly sexist way. Mm. Um, uh, but anyway, he... Um, Yes, I think the team, the team seems to work well. And he's also stumbled, hey, on the fact that we used to play this way under Tuchel. And we used to play this way with Werner doing the runner. Talked about this on Friday. The runner up front, really speedy, allowing Havertz to tuck in behind. And Havertz flourished, has flourished the last few games, yeah. not playing the striker role. I mean, I got bored of saying this every week, and the, the week hey. I stopped saying it, he fucking did it. Did it? He did it. So basically, <laughs> he must be listening to the program. He must be. But also, also, um, Felix, who was, as I said at the beginning of the program, done appallingly, done by. Um, Can we talk uh, about that in part two? Because I want. Yeah, to no, get... but, but I just wanted to talk about his efficiency mm. as a player, because for me, he really is. He's. This is why I'm afraid Mount isn't getting in at the moment. He's playing Mount's role so many, so much better than Mount has been playing recently. He is absolutely a top act. And once again, when he was in, because he was injured, he came off at half time. I think he may be injured for the next few games, Felix, because of that terrible tackle. <laughs> but, um, Gallagher came on, Connor came on, and Connor was great, absolutely excellent. Now, the, I, I, whether that's his role now, he just comes on. Uh, after you know for when he changed formation because as you said Marco he changed it to a four he changed it within um uh, to try and cope with the fact we were being swarmed by them and this is what they were they were they're actually a very decent dribbly side and this is what happened uh, up at uh, up at the, the what you call it the ground what do they call the ground I can't remember the name of the ground um they they um 
they, they took all the three playmakers off and all the crowd booed, booed Rogers because they couldn't understand why he'd taken all the really classy players. We could not get the ball at stages during that game. And yet when we broke, there was a slickness about the attack that we haven't seen for ages. And, and, and it helped that Mudrick had a really decent, decent go. He got better and better, scored a fine goal. And the poor chap, the poor chap slid wonderfully into the corner flag for us and stood there shaking with joy that he scored only to discover that the that from us we said no it's offside mate no it, it's and he, and he looked at us and went oh okay and then <laughs> there, 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 actually talking to the athletic you you, you the, the, not this wasn't simon uh, this is just a very good bit of explanation about what you were talking about actually i mean but i'll come i'll come to you after this marco because i think it, the the well, I, yeah, we will maybe. Anyway, actually, I might, I might leave this. No, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave this for part two actually because it fits in with our, our little chatette about Potter. But I think you've summed that up uh, brilliantly, uh, Mister Kid, as you often do, um, Marco. I think the one thing J.K. did miss there, which I think is actually really the most important point. Uh, I mean, it, it was the most important point when we when we played three at the back and uh, wing backs. Uh, you know, under Tuchel, etc., 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 and it was the most important point before all of that. Um, it works much better when you've got two really, really, really good midfielders, and I think that Kovacic and Fernandes are beginning to click together. And in fact, they're looking like the glue that holds it all together. Um, and I think it makes a big difference to the side. I think it it it, it really makes it look bad. I mean, we've been saying for ages, haven't we? Oh, we need a defensive midfielder. Well, maybe we still do need a proper one. But I have to say, Kovacic and Fernandes... I mean, Kovacic scoring a goal is like a landmark occasion. It was a bloody beauty. And Fernandez's pass... I mean, I, I have to say, I had a naughty chuckle when I saw that goal in the highlights package on Match of the Day without the commentary. Because I thought, how many times did Jorginho try that? And we used to go, you fucking spanner. And because it never happened. And then Fernandez does exactly the same thing. And then Havertz puts in that beautiful volley. But I think there is a massive difference between having Kovacic and Fernandez playing that those positions than you would have had with Jorginho and Kovacic. Because, frankly, Fernandez is more mobile. I mean, it is that simple. But I do think that those two are beginning to balance the side and make it all work. What say you? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think, you know, the three at the back, Two, two in the middle. There's, there was a kind of a cohesiveness and mobility to that um, that was sadly lacking with various permutations that that were tried as as we just sort of fell away into the abyss. Um, so you're absolutely right. I mean, that game on Saturday, the the, the sort of the interplay between. Kovacic and Fernandez, the understanding, um, and and you know the just the pure ability they've got. I mean, you know, Fernandez, yeah, he's won the World Cup, but you can see the quality that kid's got. Um, you know, and he's not afraid to to try things um, that that Jorginho, for example, just hasn't got in his locker. Um, and if it comes off as it did, you know, with the with the pass to Havertz, then you've got a contender for goal of the season. And 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 I've always been a, an admirer of Kovacic. I think he's just a wonderful player 
and I got pretty pissed off when there was stories about, um, you know, Chelsea potentially uh, outing him because I, I just think, as we're seeing now, you know, it's all very well buying, spending lots of money on players. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just need to look at what you've got. A bit like, you know, when um, Conte playing a very similar system, um, not the Premier League sideways. And, you know, with the likes of um, Moses in the team and, and um, Alonso, you know, it, it just works. And and I think Potter potentially, with his first half set up and his halfway through the second half change, might just have stumbled on um, <laughs> the elixir of keeping his job. Well, um, which we, we kept saying on the show, of course, prior, prior to this occurring, haven't we, Chid? Yeah. And saying, why does what, what I do think, what, I think fundamentally, the... the the issue that isn't going to go away because we don't have what the owner wants yet, which is this multi-club um, template, is keeping this vast squad happy because, you know, I, I thought that three of Cucurella, Koulibaly and Fafana, that works. You know, Chilwell on Chilwell, down that left-hand side, Cucurella, Chilwell and Mudrick, you know, that, 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 that would give any team a lot of trouble. Um, and then, you know, Fafana, we know he's a good player. So the, the, the rest of the likely lads that make up the squad, it suddenly gets interesting. And, you know, I, I, I just hope that we kind of see some kind of stability now. Mm. And I appreciate that you know, you might think, uh, I don't know, Nonny might be a better shout in, in one game. I mean, obviously, Felix is out um, for for a few weeks. That's going to be um, a loss because, you know, as, as JK uh, spoke um, in glowing terms about earlier, you know, he, he's been one of the real... Um, creative outlets to the team who, who really brings a lot to the party. Um, we'll see, but, won't we? It's a, it's a tough one, that one. It really is. Um, JK, you know, fo following on from, I mean, Marco, I mean, you know, Marco makes, as he always does, is why we love him, but he makes some excellent points there. I mean, the, that back three looks solid. You know, put James and Chilwell in front of them, that looks great. Maybe Mudrich down the left as well, you know. The, 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 we're beginning to to to, to see a, a a kind of a, a, a well, one hopes would be a settled formation and a settled you know first eleven, if you like, barring you know people coming in and out because of injuries, which happens, uh, and that's kind of a good way to start really winning games. But the obvious question arises, given what I said about how fundamental Kovacic and Fernandes are to the whole balance of the side, how the hell? We had this. We kind of had this little chat on Friday, but didn't really talk too much about it because there was other stuff to talk about. Uh, we know that N'Golo Kante is possibly fit to play. You know, to start playing again uh, against Everton. I mean, I don't think he'll he'll come straight back in anyway because I think they're going to manage him. 
um, and he won't be match fit. But how do how do you get Kante into that midfield? I mean, is is it a case of he comes in for Fernandez or Kovacic, or does Potter go for another system change? It's um, it's really intriguing, isn't it? It it somebody's going to miss out, but um, or, I suppose or, it or he or he plays three in the middle. Yes. But then he's playing yeah. three like, like similar kind of players, isn't he? Really? Well, I don't think anybody's as similar as Kante. So, because speed and distribution, and also his ability to get the ball off the opposition, is perhaps he becomes. Perhaps they press more differently. It's a real conundrum because we're not we're not pressing as much as we used to. We're not pushing the players under Tuchel when we won the Champions League. If you remember, we pushed teams to the the side of the pitch to get the ball back. And it was phenomenal, phenomenally achieved. Um, and we weren't doing that as much uh, the following season. I have no idea why, whether it's considered to be too exhausting. But that seems to be his uh, his default, doesn't it? Um, the, the, the Kante twins is just to keep running and keep pushing and keep nicking the ball off people. Um, it's it's We're suddenly getting into a position where we've got too many players. And I, I, I do find it interesting that, that um, as you say, those three at the back who are outstanding, which is what we wanted to happen all the time, means that, you know, when Silver comes back, who's left out from them? And, and it's a very good position to be in. But as you say, do we have to change the system to accommodate Kante? Um, if he does only play two in the middle, I presume that Kovacic won't play. But you need Kovacic's ability to... to it's that thing we've been seeing again of getting the ball and pushing away from people from defect from attackers people coming for you when you think you're going to lose the ball and he's always had that ability with close control to surge forwards run a few steps and then put a d- decent pass in so he, he's he's then taking two players out who've come for him he's always been very capable of that and i think he's been unfit and tired by the whole experience of the world cup and we're now seeing him come back to his best but uh what happens when Kante comes in perhaps you perhaps he stages it as a two-half thing you know it's like dealing with the substitutes you have one setup with Kante and then when uh, Kante tires you give him 50 minutes or even less 45 minutes you then bring the other system on or bring the other players on to play the same system I mean that's a there's potential in that because Substitutes are so important now into the way the game is played. Well, it's, it's, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you're a big rugby fan or not, but indeed, I, I watched. The, I watched Scotland versus Ireland. I'm glad time. I watched a bit of that. I'm very it's glad I missed the England remarkable. game because that. No, was, I, I watched the England game very quickly. It was shocking, apparently, but shocking. It's a very interesting point because I remember there was a turning point in in international rugby, certainly about probably about ten years ago. I mean, apologies to people who really do seriously follow rugby if I've got that horribly wrong, but the point being was that. It stopped being a 15-man game. It became a 22-man game or whatever it is, you know, because the substitutes were used very, very tactically. I mean, I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say because, of course, substitutes are used tactically. But, you know, I mean, Eddie Jones used to call a lot of the subs he used to bring on uh, with about 15, 20 minutes to go, the finishers, didn't he? That they would come on to, to rejuvenate areas of the pitch and finish the game off. Yeah. So maybe yeah. the same's happening with football in, in a way, that it's no, it's no longer an 11-man game you know, and you make the odd tweak, you actually, you, you actually from the outset are saying, I will bring these players on at this point of the game to, to do this particular, you know, so well, I think he's maybe doing we that have to think Connor. about it like that. I think he's doing that with Connor, Chidge, if you look. He yeah. seems to be coming on and 
his energy is so remarkable that um, he, he he just injects this this <clears throat> passion and um, ability to close people down. In fact, he's like a he's on his own lots of the time, isn't he? When he's chasing somebody, and his ability was when he we kept he kept in the game by booting the ball off the line, didn't he? When he just after he'd come on uh, against Leicester, he, he he's a um, if if. And he didn't run around like a madman, which I think has been his his problem, trying to Calm trying to impress. He's, it, and I thought that was his best best game well, for I, us. I hope. I hope. I remember we said it at the time when he was he was running around like a headless chicken or a mad dog, and, yeah. and we were saying, mate, that's a mental issue, and that is something the manager needs to be dealing with. He needs to be getting into his head, saying, mate, calm down. So, you know, we don't know. We this is something. Hey, J.K., we don't know. We don't know, but I mean, we can ascertain. Yes, but I hope I hope that's something Potter has done, and it's if he has, then it's it's clearly working. Um, Marco, interesting discussion this about dear old Angolo. I mean, what what do we do? Where does he fit in? What do you think Potter will do? Well, it's interesting the point about you know, are we now looking at a sixteen man game um, with you know two or three interchangeable templates and different styles of play? That, that you know Chelsea could go through, progress through during the passage of a game, de- depending on how it's being played out. I think I think it's an interesting idea. Um, I still believe the way to win football games is consistently is, is to just have the best players in their best positions as often as possible. Um, but if you've got if you've got sixteen best players, oh yeah, no, like, I, I mean, I, I, Marco, I think I think this is why the smaller teams kicked up such a stink about having five subs because I think this is happening. I, they know what's happening, and that's exactly how you described it. Exactly that, uh, you know. Um, I mean, you look at Leicester, and uh, Brendan was complaining bitterly, you know. And at the end of the day, they haven't spent any money, so he's got he's got. He's got what he's got to pick from. Um, doesn't have the luxury of, you know, a star-studded bench of high-caliber players who he can send on. Um, you know, it's all. I mean, it's like a wild card, isn't it? In fantasy football, almost. You know, changing five players. Um, the the amount. You know, you can see, particularly with Chelsea, as J.K. said. You know, the 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 energy level that a player like Gallagher brings to the game, you know, coming on as a substitute for the second half is is quite extraordinary. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, it's early days, isn't it? So we're kind of everyone's happy that we've hopefully turned the corner. Um, everyone's happy that that there's there seems to be some thought to the setup and the in-game management. Um, and everyone's pleased that you know Kovacic and Fernandez are gelling, and there's a back three, etc. And it all looks good. And Havertz is rippling the net. Um, so all of that's good. And I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm looking at Chelsea's next few games. I mean, Everton. We know what we're going to get from them. You know, Pickford. V's like- mate. V's. Pickford's going to be playing like Pete Gordon Banks, isn't he? As he always does again. Also, he'll waste time and and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just lie on the be, floor a lot. You know, he'll do that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a dogged 
war of attrition. Well, actually, you know what? I know. I know this is a bit preemptive because we're not going to do this until this Friday. But it's funny, isn't it? Because when when we win, you start looking forward to the next game rather than dreading it. And I, I was thinking about it in my my hungover haze today, and I was thinking Everton, like you, Mark. I was thinking, oh God. Dyche will dice it out and it'll be horrible maybe going off somebody's ass one nil last minute kind of thing but actually the number of times we played Burnley at home and he basically threw the game and we walloped them three or four you know Dyche Dyche is a match picker I think I think he's the kind of guy that will go well we're not going to get three points out of that if we can get a draw great but you know we'll we'll get the points we need from other fixtures so he's, he's just as likely to chuck it in yeah, yeah. We I mean, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at those, the upcoming fixtures, and there's there's Everton, there's Everton at home, Villa at home, Liverpool. Um, just you know, this if we can just keep this momentum going, um, who knows? You know, we, we might we, finish tenth. Might finish tenth. <laughs> you never know if we're lucky. I actually figured out that if we, if the results go our way on Sat or the, in the coming weekend, we might go up to ninth. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you you may joke, and I mean, I stupidly didn't um, put. I've been a bit shit today. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I didn't I didn't put do my usual trick of putting the league table up, but the reality is we're on thirty seven points in tenth. Uh, we're only five points behind Liverpool in sixths. Exactly. You know, and seven points behind Newcastle in fifth. I mean, Spurs are on 48 in fourth. That's 11 points. That's a big differential. That means you've got to win four games that they lose to get there. That's It'll be tough to get top four. But you know what? We could definitely catch Liverpool in six because they're, they're like the bloody weather at the moment. They're up and down like a yo-yo if I'm not mixing too many metaphors well, there. I think that game's going to be quite interesting, especially if... Six-pointer! Uh, well, if Liverpool have been dumped out of the uh, Champions League, which uh, who knows, you know, you don't know, but I think winning, reversing a three-goal deficit in the Bernabeu's a tall order. Um, I, I hope they win 2-0 and have a three goals ruled out by VAR <laughs> the last time. <laughs> Oh, how we will laugh. Um, isn't it nice to be laughing, you know? Well, I think, yeah, exactly that. I, I think the, the most important thing, um, in my opinion, that has happened as a consequence of Chelsea actually winning three games and scoring some goals is that huge weight, oppressive weight of negativity is... Um, you know, it's like they say, the clouds fuck off and it's a lovely day. Um, and, you know, that makes a big difference. You know, I, I don't know how that um, uh, that petition to get Potter sacked, where, where that's got to numbers-wise. Um, people probably trying to find out if they can remove their num- names. Well, the, the, the same way as the lone protester at Stamford Bridge, Marco. That, uh... Well, exactly. And... and I, that was bizarre because from my vantage point at the stall, um, there were literally five abreast, a TS, two TSG units went galloping up <laughs> past past the stall to to um, to marshal the, uh, the the lone protester. 
So uh, I think he should be arrested for wasting police time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's uh, let's have a wee break. Uh, before we do that, uh, I need to uh, royally plug. Yet, well, uh, first of all, I need to thank everybody who's been absolutely bloody marvellous and have uh, have sponsored me for the big Stamford Chidge sleep. Sorry, the big Stamford Bridge sleep out. Which, <laughs> well, I thought, why not, Marco? You know, why not? Anyway, the big Stamford Chidge sleep out on Saturday, the twenty fifth of March, twenty twenty three. Brilliantly organised by Mark Meehan of this parish and Cliff Auger as well at the Supporters Trust. They do an absolutely sterling job doing this. And, it, you know, it's... And Russell, bless him, had a go at me for saying, Chidge, Chidge, mate, stop complaining about it being cold. That's the whole point. Is you've got to suffer. It's, it's, you're there to kind of, like, have the experience of homeless people. And he is not wrong. Russ, you were dead right. But it, I tell you, mate, you sleep under the East Stand when it's pretty parky outside... The wind howls through. It is not pleasant, but I'd willingly do it for to, you know for the cause that we're doing it for, which is the Stoll Foundation, who are of course are our our next door neighbours at Chelsea, and they uh, look after uh, veterans, people who have served in the armed forces, served their country, fighting for their country, uh, who now have mental health issues, uh, physical health issues, or or have experienced homelessness. The, there are more uh, vets homeless than any other kind of societal category as I'm led to believe. And they ha- they also have a disproportionate uh, amount of suffering from mental health issues. So it's a very important thing that Stoll do. Um, I won't do the role of honour. I'll do the role of honour on Friday's show because I've had more people donate or su- uh, sponsor me, as I should say. If you want to as well, uh, it's justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash David hyphen Chigi one. If, if you want to sponsor one of the other over a hundred of us that are doing it then just go to justgiving.com and go big stanford bridge sleep out put that in and you'll find all the people who are doing it and you can sponsor somebody else and it doesn't have to be me you sponsor uh, i will of course oh marco doesn't know this so i can a bit of breaking news for marco i will be doing my uh tales from the shed uh as in uh chidge reading excerpts from a chelsea book uh round the uh, fire pit, armed with whiskey and a cigar. And I will be doing Come Along and Sing This Song, Marco. I should be reading extracts from your new book. Mm-hmm. Talking, of, talking of Tales of the Shed, the, um, the book that we brought out for last year's um, Big Stamford Bridge Sleep Out, I think I checked in the lockup. There's something like 20 copies um, left in there, which I'm going to try and see who I can get uh to sign players wise on um saturday before the joust with everton um so we'll just i'll put a tweet out as and when i get some sign and people can people are interested um you know five quid goes to the charity so i think we raised that book alone raised i think it was not far off 1500 quid last year which quite phenomenal really um so yeah uh it's good okay. i have sponsored mr Meehan as always good man well done. well as i said you know it doesn't it's not i mean i know i get the opportunity to to you know encourage people to sponsor me because i have the, the the benefit of doing this show but i mean honestly i i won't i mean it all goes to the same place it doesn't matter who you sponsor as long as you sponsor one of us and there are there are plenty of us doing it, so uh, just just do, do you know either sponsor me or one of the others. It's all good. Uh, as I was saying, I will be doing the tales from the shed from my live from my fire pit, armed with whiskey and a cigar. But I will have it, I will have to do it as a pre-record. I might actually be doing it on Sunday. 
I don't know. Time is short. Obviously, I have to do it when there's no rain around. Otherwise, it's a bit of a damp squib. Uh, but there you go. Now, the other plug, of course, which we should do because Marco's on the show. Uh, there is a copy of CFC UK floating around. Um, I, would, I would imagine the last... Uh, remaining ones will be sold this coming Saturday at the uh, game against Everton because uh, there will be when's the deadline? Yeah, there's a new there's a new one after the IB. Yeah, the international break that's coming up. Yeah, the I one... mean the, the deadline is the twenty fourth for submitting one's article. So, uh, so it'll be coming. I think that's the weekend of the international break. Yeah, so it'll be out after that. So there we go. So Everton will be the last chance to buy the current edition. Uh, which has got Mason Mount on the cover. Uh, and I think uh, the the editor put Sign Him Up on there. Quite right. We'll be talking about that in a minute. But anyway, if you want a copy, it's easy. You go to the stall. You see Marco and Dave and the and Chuckles and the usual reprobates that hang around the Gate 17s to slash CFC. Well, actually, it's the CFC UK stall. It's Dave's stall. I should, should, should say that. Otherwise, you'll be having a go at me. But... Uh, uh, you can also get it off uh, any of the sellers around the ground. Just You can find them by listening with your lug holes to Arry Up, it's only a pound. Um, if you can't do that in person, don't worry. You can actually get, you can subscribe to this uh, by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, if you want a hard copy, a proper copy, it'll cost you 18 quid for a year subscription in the UK, 40 quid in Europe, 56 quid in the rest of the world. You can also have it emailed to you as a PDF and a digital subscription for a year is six quid or a pound each and you can pay for any of this by paypal there we go i commend it to you right we will be back after this very short break away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com dot com forward slash Chelsea fancast. There's no risk with Nord's thirty day money back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined by uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And the lovely Marco Worrell. Buonasera, amici. There we go. Lovely to see you here, Marco, as always. Now, um, you know, we were kind of uh, 
we had a good old chat in the I quite enjoyed that actually in the in the first part. It kind of went off a bit off piece and it was all all rather fun and good. Um JK mentioned uh I mean we kind of d- dallied a little bit with this or, or or toyed with it a bit in part 1 about the new arrivals getting better JK, didn't we? And I loved how you put it in 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 the fan bite. I mean Koulibaly looked shit for the early part of the season. Cucurella, we we think there may have been other issues there, which Potter has managed better, and yep. perhaps he is better in a three on the left of a three than he was as a left back or a wing back. For Fana, as I said earlier on, well, we we're told he's an excellent player, but he got injured so early we didn't really know. But you know, a lot of these guys that are arriving are, are are beginning to look the part. I mean, Mudrich is another good example, I think, because that cameo he he had for Liverpool had us absolutely salivating. But you know, the reality is he'd had no; he'd been on a long winter break or something, so he wasn't really fit. And I, I just thinking, you know, number one, the job of a manager is to improve players. The job of a manager is to get the best out of players. So. You know, I hate I hate to sound like a tit here, but you know maybe we need to give Potter a bit of credit here because you know what, like 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 you you and me tonight, we keep saying maybe he knows because he works with them all the time. So maybe he does know when the right time, you know, to to manage them through some certain things like Cucurello with his head problems, Mudrick with his lack of fitness. Maybe Potter's best position to to know that. Perhaps he's doing the same with Mace now. Maybe. Why not? I mean, for fuck's sake, we said for weeks, take him out of the bloody firing line. He's, yes. he's stinking the place out. Give him a break. It's what he needs. Yes, we may have to come to the conclusion that we've been wrong about Potter all along. Well, that ev- whoa, whoa, every- whoa, 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 whoa. I haven't finished my ridiculous statement yet. Hang on, let me just finish it completely. And that he was absolutely like That right. top you've got on JK looks like it says GP on it, from the way I'm looking it at does, it. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> JK is definitely Graham Potter's Blue and White <laughs> Army. Oh, by the way, I, I complete like a complete spanner. This, you know, you talk about Doctor Theatre. What Doctor Theatre can't do, J.K. It can make you wake up, but it can't reinstall your brain when you've left it about fifteen pints in at the Royal Albert Hall. I actually forgot to tell people what the t- the title of this show was tonight. Shall I? Shall I do that now? Yeah, tell them, tell them, because that's nearly always a joy, Chidge. Well, okay, you might not think so, but it relates exactly to what Marco was saying to you and your. Uh, your your sweatshirt a minute ago. The title of tonight's show is Chelsea Fancast number nine hundred and seventy five, GPBAWA. What does that stand for, Marco? Graham Potter's Blue Army. We got them. There you go. Right. Thank you for allowing me to do that. I do indeed have a G and a P on my top, but then I just move the zip further up. And it says gap, but then you move yeah, the that's, that's the way we like to see it. I think perhaps you're right. Um, um no, what, what I was saying before I was interrupted was the um uh, beautifully interrupted Chidge though, but correctly so, and correctly so Mark with my uh, my GP was um uh perhaps indeed it has been immensely difficult to get them to gel. Um I think that he I think he stumbled upon, well, it's been forced upon him by appreciating what we were talking about up to this earlier, that he had two of the best wing-backs in the world. So don't just play them at full-back, play the system as if they're wing-backs, because that's the way they play the best, and that's the way they won the Champions League. So perhaps before they were 
um, back in the team, a four worked better because you didn't have wing backs. But now the two of them are there. It's pretty obvious that that's the system that's going to work. And then if you want to change it round, you then change it to four later on because you've got that ability to do so. But what about um, the new the new boys then? Because that we you know because most most of them have looked shit, but they're now looking good. Well, Fofana, we as you say, we didn't know because he he wasn't playing at all, and he clearly is a decent player. And the very fact that even, even uh, um, the the famous Gary Lineker, sorry, Saint Saint Lineker, Saint Lineker, I'm so yeah. sorry, Lord Lineker, suggested the other day that he was uh, a top player. That was after the um, mm. uh, the, what, the the one nil the Leeds game. Um, so that's obviously what the the. Uh, the Leicester fans were annoyed about on Saturday because both he and uh, Chilwell were booed senseless. And they they uh, they were very rude about um, Fofana specifically, but the C word was used a lot with him in a specific chant. What, um, Chelsea, but, is that? And uh, you you could say that. No, it's another word, Chidge, that we don't... Um, is it, is it we, the Gareth word? It is funny enough, the Gareth word. I, I called I called Jorginho that once. Do you remember? You did, I, know. I do in a in a weak moment. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, yeah, if you, um, uh, but Koulibaly is clearly an example of somebody who um, we we prophesied he'd do better in the Dortmund game just because of the way they play, um, uh, and it gave him a lot of room. And I, I whether it's confidence, whether he's beginning to appreciate you don't rush around like a madman perhaps he was trying to impress same way that Gallagher was because he was committing all those fouls and he doesn't do that anymore um Fernandez similarly was taking a little bit of time to to bed down but I always think I think we're a bit impatient at the same time you do expect them to show an element of their class if so much money's been paid for them and they've just won the world cup you know you're not gonna you're not gonna say yeah but he hasn't had a chance to play He's a top footballer. He should be able to play, you know, to an extent. It may not be 100%, but he's, he's going to be pretty far up there. But so they're all they're all beginning to able. Mm. I think we're getting nearer what they can all do. But a system really works for them. The system, the fact that the pressure is off Havertz because he's got a runner up front. It doesn't really matter. Mudrick at the beginning of the game on Saturday played like... <laughs> prime Sean Wright Phillips with the ball bouncing off his leg into touch and everywhere as if it was a, a you know it was a doggy chasing a balloon maybe but he was then, channeling his inner Werner yeah perhaps he perhaps because he'd been told to, he was playing the Werner role um, <laughs> maybe he but, took so, it too but, literally mate so then he because uh, he played him in the middle more off but it still gave regardless we worked out against Dortmund it doesn't really matter if he's a bit shit it's the fact that he puts the the, the fear of God up the opposition yeah. defence. He runs at them so quickly, which allows Havertz then to create his magic. And Havertz in the last two games, he's absolutely timed it brilliantly, has revealed what a fabulous player he actually is. You know, the, the brilliance of the goal, just tapping it over, was was to, after the lob was just, was superb after the, the Fernandez chip over. Um, uh, but um, so everything seems to be coming together for weirdly enough the attack i just found our inability to get the ball off the leicester players for a period where we were second best was just slightly worrying and i think if it hadn't been for kepper made a, a couple of very good saves again but having said that though that's what you require isn't it from your goalkeeper if you've got a top yeah. goalkeeper well, he, keeps you, he keeps you in the game you know that's exactly so, exactly right i mean you make an excellent point here actually and you know one thing we haven't really talked about 
I mean, you know, I, I'm a great believer in being honest, you know? I mean, I, we might say stupid things on this show. We get a bit of passion, a bit of emotion, and the passion gets the better of us. But we, we try and be honest, if nothing else. And, I mean, I think we were right to, to parlay in on Potter, you know, for, for things we perceived that were going horribly wrong. But I think we'd be right to praise him uh, now uh, Now things are going better. It's it Okay, it is a bit fickle as well. I accept that. But actually, you're right, JK. You know, the, the the reality is, is that, well, the point I want to make is that actually it doesn't matter how good you are as a manager on a football team, you also need a bit of luck. And I mean, I know there's a there's a there's a, a gnat's cock between, you know, if you hit the bar, is it a miss or are you just a bit unlucky? Uh, but we've had decisions going against us. We've had a lot of injuries. We haven't had a lot of luck and now we're getting a bit of luck. And maybe it's showing. Now, what I mean by that, is the stats, dear boy. I mean, I, I couldn't believe this when I saw it. And I know, I know, like all of you, you know, we think that XG's a load of old arse gravy. But Flash Scorer now giving that as well as uh, the usual goal attempts and stuff. But XG, Leicester were 2.51 to our 1.64. But actually, if you look at goal attempts and shots on goal, that's even more telling. Leicester had 17 goal attempts to our 12, seven shots on goal to our six. And and I know because I you know I, I I saw enough of the highlights to know this, but they had four, five, six really good chances. I mean, they hit the bar. We cleared one off the line on another day. It could have gone horribly tits up for us, like it has been. But on Saturday, it didn't. So you need a bit of luck to go with everything else, and maybe maybe that's something that's changing for us. What do you think, Marco? What, luck, you mean? Yes, Lady Luck has returned yeah. to her rightful place at the side of Chelsea. Absolutely. I mean, we've, we've had some shocking luck. I know. I mean, at the end of the day, you make your own luck. But, you know, we had some shockers, shocking VAR decisions. Um, I mean, talking of VAR, Mudrick's goal that wasn't, you know, the margins are fine and we've, we've not had those fine margins go our way for, you know, one third of the season so far when it all went horribly wrong. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, there's an element of luck about it, but I, I just think, you know, everything's kind of... The, the, the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are maybe falling a, a slightly better into place now for Potter. And, you know, I mean, you know, the, the intense pressure he must have been under, um, you know, and having to put up with dogs, abuse, threats to his family, all of that. Um, so he's got to feel better within himself now the players will all feel better because they've got some wins under their belt. The belief is there. And all of, all of a sudden, Chelsea will start getting luckier. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully starting with a lucky draw in the Champions League on Friday. Well, we, we were arguably a bit lucky in the Dortmund game as well. Maybe that's yeah, where it turned. Yeah. Having the penalty yeah, exactly. retaken, you know. Exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah. So, who knows? Um, but I, I just think, you know, as I said earlier, I, I think everything about the magnificent Chelsea Football Club feels a lot more magnificent this week than it did yeah. um, in, in the last month or so. Karma is returning. I'm talking to Karma, JK. You touched on this earlier and you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I wasn't there, so it's hard to know. You you definitely were. But the conclusion I, 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 I draw 
Oh, I mean, I, it's quite staggering for me to hear you say that nobody cheered Havertz's goal because the expectation was VAR would intervene and it yes. wouldn't be a yes. goal. Yes. You know the fucking game is done when yes. when that's happening. What a fucking karma killer VAR is. I mean, forget the rights and wrongs of the decision-making and how we pile in on the refs and Matt, Matt gets in a tiz because we're being naughty. Forget all that. If that's what's happened to the game as a consequence of VAR, it's fucking mad, mate. Sorry. It's just mad. It, stem, it stems enormously from the um, the linesman not giving the offside that because because they've been given the directive just to keep, maintain the game and then put the flag up at the end. So everybody, as a consequence, whenever the ball goes into the net now, looks across at the linesman expecting something. And in one of the particular occasions, we looked across at the linesman. I said, would you go? The girl didn't give it. She, she in fact, did that thing. She held her hand out as if to say, you know, when they occasionally do, as if to say, keep going, it's not offside. And it was VAR that brought out, um, said that it was offside. So she said, from her eye, it wasn't offside. Um, but that's, that's, it was also the precedent. Because it, the combination was, it was a long way away. And because I didn't, for example, see Connor kick the ball off the line. We couldn't see there were too many players in front. It was, it was too far away. It's only afterwards when I watched Match of the Day. That's so why I didn't mention it in my fan bite. Um, uh, but the 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 fact that there'd been a disallowed goal already and the linesman um, had put his flag up. There was one incident the linesman had got his flag up and that wasn't, I think the ball went in the net, but that was not an obvious one. Then the ball didn't. We had to wait for VAR to give it offside. And then finally, the thought, the third one, it was like it was a cumulative effect. Everybody presumed. It was also because Havertz was so laid back about he just strolled into the goal and picked the ball up. He didn't run. Nobody celebrated. I wonder if it was the players as well yeah. was the problem. And I think that may be, that actually may be the worst thing, is that we we respond according to the players, and we would have normally would have would have celebrated seeing them celebrate. But they were so suspicious of, of the of it being offside because it seems to me every single time somebody does a run and the ball's chipped over, the chances are that's the that's the uh, the routine, that's the drill they're going to play. You are then having to time your run, looking down the line at the other player, at the opposition. So I, the chances are you might have a toe or a leg out just offside. But we were waiting to see if they were celebrating. They didn't celebrate. They walked slowly back because they walked slowly back. We presumed it was offside. Um, we waited for a supposed VAR sign to come up. It didn't. And when it was only when the ball was kicked off that we celebrated was absolutely bizarre i've never experienced anything like it and we all agree that wonderful thing you turn around to people and say to the people behind you i've no idea whether that was a goal or not and they agree with you that thing of people saying i didn't know i didn't know when none of us knew and it was weird but you're right it means it means we've it's reached a really dreadful <laughs> state doesn't it really marco you look primed to come in there you want to comment on that well i just think it's I think we all know the game's gone, you know. I, I mean, even, yeah, I think five substitutes, I'm sorry. I mean, I love Chelsea and it's fantastic. We've got five world-class substitutes, essentially, that we can bring on to... to but it's, you know, all of this is just heading into that horrible Super League kind of scenario where there, there are, you know... 
clubs that are wealthy beyond their wildest dreams um, that, that compete in a league of their own simply because other teams don't have the resources. But it, uh, and and it, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's a great shame. Um, but, it you know, it, Chelsea have to take advantage of that fact. Uh, it's almost NFL-like, I feel, I feel now. It is. I mean, that's it. That's the whole, that's what I'm saying. The game's gone. You know, it's like, um, it's, you know, when's game 39 going to be played in Los Angeles? You know, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I know we just get called old, old fuddy-duddies and whatever, but... Alcoholic yadars, mate, which always makes me laugh about well, JK because he doesn't drink. Where, where does it Where does it stop? You know, where, where does it stop? When's it going to be all of a sudden you can change 11 players? It's going to happen, isn't it? Hey, absolutely. So, yeah, um, and a special teams, there'll be a penalty. A whole new lot of players will come on for the penalty to sit go around the D and then go off again. Well, that's It'll already be... that's already happening. I mean, you know, uh, Louis van Hall, you know, bringing on uh, that keeper that used to play for Newcastle on to save penalties. And we did it with Mendy, didn't we? With Tuchel did it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, that's already happening. Penalty kick specialist. Line, line kick. What line did they kicker. call it? I don't know, mate. I don't want to. Quarterback. I don't want to upset all my... Dear no. friends across the pond. We love but, you, but really. And, and, you know, and I, I just laugh because um, I was watching some old Chelsea footage um, the other week. You know, when it was kind of one sub and he only came on if if somebody was crocked. Um, and, you know, you, you can say what you like about those games, but I don't know. It, it was just... It was more of a level playing field um, to a certain extent. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think, that, you know, somebody can convince me otherwise that the game hasn't lost um, a lot of credibility I mean, with people it matters to most. Um, you know, the whole, the few roars over VAR, yeah, it's brilliant box office, for for television, the neutrals love it. Um, well, fuck the neutrals! They don't. No, no, they don't, they don't pay money is, to go in there. Everything is geared around making money. The yeah. more players, the more players that um, doesn't matter about squad players, but players that get game time regularly, either as subs, are going to sell shirts. You know, three shirts a season, home away, and you know. Um, blind monkey with learning difficulties designed third strip um yeah, well I, at that juncture marco i never had the opportunity to rinse this kit not literally in a washing machine uh, jk well i think it's it's it, i talked to jk about this but sadly we were off air at the time i think it looks like one of those comedy nude suits <laughs> you know <laughs> it does doesn't it it looks like they're running around naked but the, yeah, the alternative is it's it's a uh... It's a tea bag that's been used and left to dry on the side. That colour, all just, of it, all of it, the whole lot of it, all is of it, to bollocks. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 why people get lured into it, more fool them. Um, you know, because it look, you know, those kits look shit. You know, <laughs> honestly, yeah. it's shit. Yeah. There, there is no heritage. You know, coming out with nonsense about collars having some weird design 
that represents Chelsea's 118 year uh, history woven into them. Bollocks! <laughs> oh, well said. Bring, bring back some of the historical kits. Bring back the, the Fatty Fools kits. Just bring them all. In, in, in his size and make all the players wear them. There's enough, there's enough, there's enough heritage kits yeah. in Chelsea's history to keep them going, you know, un until uh, until God knows what happens to the game. Yeah, love it, Marco. We needed that. Thank you. I feel better for that. A good old, good old proper alcoholic Yadal whinge. There you go. It's what we're famous for on this show. But as I said, I love the irony of it. J.K. doesn't drink, and I don't have kids, so you know, go figure. Anyway, I probably could, can, I'm probably likely to be accused of being an alcoholic after last yesterday's <laughs> display, but that's beside we've the been point. Talking about alcohol a lot. <laughs> I, know, I know. I think we've been called. <laughs> uh, somebody said something rude about us on Twitter the other week, saying that we were a bunch of drunkards. We were pissed when we said something that he thought was stupid. But he, he cited me as an example because well, I've made it. No, this was another one. It wasn't just you. This is something. Okay. Something yeah. clearly, I said, maybe you were pissed when you were listening to it, mate. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so uh, don't get involved in Twitter spats. Anyway, yeah, karma killer, VR definitely is. JK, how the hell did that complete prick Mariner not send off, I can't even remember the bloke's name, uh, for, for trying to kill Felix when the Mariner then via VAR sends off Casemiro for... Why? Why? First of all, it's their proximity to the events because it took place just um, further down the pitch from where he was, and he had to see it through a through a, a, a thicket of players. But he just strolls about Mariner. That's always been my criticism of him. He just it's a, it's as if it's a a wander around on a Sunday with his dog. He really doesn't pay any attention to what is required from a referee, which is to be up with the game, and also. They have this ridiculous theory, don't they? That if they give the number of times this happens, if they give a foul in the first minute, it's going to destroy the spectacle. You remember we had that with Mane punching Azpilicueta in the face, clearly, and nothing happened with it. I think that was with Oliver, which we were a bit disappointed about. But I really think this is in their remit. If you can avoid it, uh, uh, don't send anybody off in the first minute because it destroys the game. Well, sorry, if it's serious foul play, you send them off. And he got really stamped on. But in this instance, we have someone else who could actually pay attention if the referee is 35 yards away and can't see it. They're called VAR. What the fuck were they doing at the very beginning? It was so obvious that he'd been deliberately stamped on because they, they know his his danger they know how excellent he is they know that he's the playmaker so they did him and nothing happens it uh, you know the uh, and he's fed up with the awfulness mariner should not be officiating in any single game in the premier league he is too slow it's no good saying oh he's got great experience and he go oh, wherever he's from he can make a decision you know and he gets on with all the players I don't care about any of this. I want a referee who's up with the game, who consults his linesman. The linesman had a full view of it. Nothing happened. He didn't flag. He didn't mention it in his microphone that he'd seen the foul. We all saw it. The linesman was near us. The linesman saw it. Nothing. It is, it's, it's not corrupt. It's just shit. They're just shit and they're worried about 
their status within with the referee linesman is worried about his status with the ref doesn't want to be seen to making a decision the referee doesn't ag agree with and tells him off for doing so they're worried about the assessors making a decision they're leaping in too soon you got it wrong they're all fearful and once again to use the rugby um comparison watch the scotland Ireland game brilliant tmo um television referee referee uh, touch judges all in you in in all in co collaborating with each other we hear every word he asks for a different angle can't see that one mate from there don't know if i can make the decision the linesman says there's another one i saw it from we can have that can we see that tmo says yes here's another one we've got here what do we think one the linesman says i think it's a, a try the other one says um possibly not he said well i'll be the arbiter yeah i think what do you think they come to a consensus decisions made we're part of it we're part of the process and it's it's nothing to do with status nothing to do with undermining the role of the referee it's making the correct decisions and the same and the, same with cricket with the drs yes, same yes, with cricket absolutely, you know, absolutely. they get the right decision and none of the umpires you don't see any umpires being shamed because they they got a stinker it's like oh okay sorry we're human and here's the right decision Unless you're Steve Smith, who has a go at the umpire for not getting it well, right. Well, Steve Smith's a fucking wanker and he looks like a pig, mate. I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait for that wanker to come back to these shores so I can thoroughly abuse him at the test. He'll be I'm given some to. stick, won't he? Will he ever? I should be there. I should be there with my sandpaper. Wanker. But, but, but anyway, the, but the, 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 actually, there was a, an interesting thing on Twitter yesterday where uh, after the Casemiro decision... Um, it was a journalist. I can't remember his name. He said he felt that uh, that a tackle, if it's high up the leg, should be decided on whether the player um, is injured enough. If the player gets up and walks off, that That's means it should go. Stupid! What happened to intent? I, I know. I know. It's absolutely. So I, I come at you right with my bunch yeah, of fives, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I I just graze your chin rather than smacking it and connecting with yeah. it and knocking you out. Yeah. Yeah, but it's okay because I didn't manage to connect with you yeah. and injure you. It, it's appalling. What he said what was appalling. Rubbish. And it was absolutely. Who was it? I can't remember. Somebody quite high up, actually. It was really bizarre. And I, I'm rather than telling him, you know, excuse me, you're a complete wanker. I put, um, surely, um, uh, serious foul play should not be predicated. I used a, an unbelievably poncy word, predicated by the reaction of the player. It should be whether it's serious foul play or or not. That's the way it, it, it needs to be. The law needs to be applied. If you kick somebody in the leg high up with the possibility of breaking their shin, then you're off. It doesn't matter if the player, it happened to hit his shin pad or you happen to to not hurt him very much. The player, you have committed serious foul play, you're off. And so actually Mariner on this occasion made the right decision. But why the fuck didn't he make the decision in the first few minutes? Why didn't VAR? Because Mariner, strolling around as usual, could not see it. So. Uh, it, it's it, we're in such a dreadful state at the moment with referees and VAR. It really is useless. Well, I think that whole not celebrating goals anymore has just done me. It really has. That's oh. why we go. I mean, I moaned and moaned and moaned because Chelsea couldn't fucking score a goal to save their life. And it reminded me that's one of the reasons I go, the joy of celebrating a goal. And to think that we can't do that anymore fills me with gloom. Oh. Uh, this also fills me with gloom. Um well, something we, we talk about a fair bit. J.K. rightly said probably not enough. Uh, we've got Marco on tonight, and it's good to have him to get his perspective on it too. I mean, I've kind of, you know, written it up in the running order as Mount and Gallagher too good to let go, uh, largely based on 
the fact that uh, Gallagher, I mean, JK has been very effusive about Conor Gallagher uh, in his last few fan bites. I absolutely love the bones of the kid because I'll, I don't care what people think about me saying this. He's been at the club since he was eight. He loves the club. He'd he, he, he walk through a brick wall for Chelsea. He'd die for the club. Uh, I like players like that. I grew up supporting players who came up through the ranks and did that. I like it and I want him to succeed and I want him to do it at Chelsea Football Club. And you know what? I think he's good enough too. Mason Mount, I mean, I don't know how many times I've said it. Yes, he's entitled to having a bad season. He's still a relatively young kid. He's absolutely knackered. He may be unsettled by what's been going on over the last year. He's got yet another new manager to work for. There are plenty of mitigating circumstances, but I'm sorry, this kid has got enormous credit in the bank in terms of being a quality Chelsea player. So, you know, these are two players that I don't want to see leave the club, Marco. Now, Gallagher might go because he won't be able to get in because of the kind of signings we're making. And, I mean, JK's point about Felix is is interesting in this context with, with Mason. But we know there's the Mason contract issue which he's entitled to negotiate. That's what we would all do. So there's a, there's a chance that he might go too. I mean, that... I mean, uh, that fills me with gloom, Marco. I have to say. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, even you know, to the point where I know we make we were joking about Jorginho earlier, um, but selling him to Arsenal and uh, <clears throat> and thereby helping them win the title, I'm I'm not sure that sits easy with me. And then you know, Mason, Mason Mount and um, Connor Gallagher, Mounts. You know, they're, they're talking Liverpool, Man United, Gallagher, they're talking Newcastle. Or if we're selling players that are getting into um, teams that we're competing for major honours with, I'm just not sure that, that that's a sensible thing to be doing. I mean, I know there's no chance of Chilwell going to Manchester City. That's utter bollocks. Um but you know these things shouldn't even be on the on the table for discussion, um, and I, you know I, I I would be equally disappointed if Chelsea sold Conor Gallagher. But you know I, I understand his ambition, and he's a flair player, and he brings a lot to a, a football team. Um, and I you know I, if. Eddie Howe saying to him, look, you know, come up here. Um, you'll play every week as long as you're not injured. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to build my team around you. But, the, the, you know, those kinds of messages, he's got a decision to make, hasn't he? Because the kid loves playing football and it's the same with Mason Mount, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, you just want to see the best Chelsea team. But now we're wandering into this territory of, you know, it being a, a the team's actually sixteen players every week, not not eleven. Um, you know, do, do players have different horizons in terms of what they're prepared to accept in terms of game time? I don't know. You know, it's not helped us this season getting dumped out of the League Cup and the FA Cup at the first hurdle. Um, you know, because that would have presented the opportunity for, for games for other players as it typically normally does. You know, if we wind up in the Europa Conference League, we'll probably be playing, I don't know, 65, 70 games next season. So there's game games for everyone. But, 
you know, I, I, I would rather see the, the cream of Chelsea's youth getting into the Chelsea starting eleven, as we've seen in the past. Um, and I kind of have a feeling that, you know, we're deviating away from that. You know, I, I don't know, Cole Willett, who's on loan at Brighton, um, where does he where does he figure in all of this? Yeah, very good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these players, you know, with this multi club template, that that's you know these players could be. I mean, I know it's a poor example, but you look at Baba Rahman, um, who's been on loan for I think eight years now, currently plying his trade at Reading. Um, is that what these players want? Is that what they're prepared to accept just to go on that old? Chelsea loan treadmill that that you know used to churn up all the the kids um, for for so many years uh, pr prior to you know kind of the pandemic and the transfer ban and all of that which um, you know I am convinced absolutely convinced that had it not been for Frank Lampard becoming manager and, and that transfer ban you know I, I think Mason Mount would have been the skipper at Derby County. Um, and and Reese would probably have been um, captain of Wigan, and you know you, you can look back in history at you know various events like Viali blessing wanted to sell JT, done a deal he was going to go to Huddersfield, wasn't he? Um, and JT didn't want to go. You know, all, football's littered with stories about um, players who went on to be phenomenal talents. Um, being discarded, you know, for the wrong reasons, and I, I it would just gall me having having seen what Mason Mount is capable, in particular, of the two, to let him go, and you know he gets back to his best, and you know Liverpool or Man United win win the title because because of Mason Mount. Mm. Yeah. It's a very horrible thought, J.K., isn't it? To be honest, I think. Well. Despite your thinking, he's injured. Um, but you know, of course, I you? know yeah. that he's he's fully fit, and there's. Uh, I, I hope that what's happening is that he is being managed by the manager in the same way that Cucurella was, because he did come on against Southampton and play. I mean, first of all, ludicrously on the left, um, and then up as a striker in the three, and didn't seem interested. I suppose to some extent, if you're being played in those positions, you don't normally play there. You are slightly fed up with the manager, but I think he's he's deeply in dispute with them over the amount of money that he's uh, mm. he's doesn't help, does it? It doesn't, and I think that's not helping his head at all. And we've seen that before in other players that they haven't uh, they haven't played well because they're they're focused on whether the club wants them or not, or whether they feel valued. I think with Mount as well, you can't sort of disregard the the abuse that that he's been Getting, subjected to um, on you know on Twitter in particular. Um, they were going for Felix a bit the other day, but it seems to have abated a bit. It's not the same because he's um, he, he hit the woodwork once again, poor chap. But um, but uh, yeah, it has been completely out of proportion. I mean, are you wonder whether it's orchestrated by other clubs supporters it's just so vile it's ridiculous well they might as well support 
another club because if you're abusing the players in that kind of to that degree and in that way, then you're clearly not a supporter, are you? I mean, I know we moan about players and say a few silly things now and again, but I mean, basically, it's, it's like Potter. You know, if Potter turns out to to be hugely successful at Chelsea Football Club and we win loads of shit with him, then I'm going to be as happy as anybody because that's what I want. I support the club. I want the club to do well. I want the players to do well. I'd much rather be sitting here, you know, pouring praise on Cully uh, Bally, Cucurella, you know, even Jorginho when he was with us. When he played well, I loved it. When he played like shit, I hated it, you know. But that, but I love the club. I want to see the club do well. I support the players, you know. But uh, we do a show twice a week, three times a week. And, you know, if we, we're not happy with things we're going to say. But we support the club, you know. We support the team. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 kind of what football has always been about, hasn't it? You know, I bet people I bet people moaned about Jimmy Greaves if he didn't score in one in the one game he played for Chelsea when he didn't score. You know, what that bloke said behind me. I mean, when I was little, bloke actually said, "Was he? Was he do Greaves? That's nothing. That's nothing. Nothing." End of, game. End of the game. It scored. Was that when he only scored four goals? Four. four. He's got four in the game. <laughs> I kid you not. Bloody goal hanger, mate. That's all he's good for. Hangs about. He doesn't come back. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember I being, being little. I remember being little, Marco, and actually saying I was in the, with my dad, and I've just remember I had this memory of my father actually taking me in, pu- pushing me over the turnstile. So I got him for free. And then I sat on his knees watching in the East Stand because there wasn't a seat available. I don't know how he put up with that. I don't know how the people sitting with us. But weirdly, the seats were a lot wider in those days. So he could have, you could accommodate a small person between your legs watching. But I remember actually turning to the bloke behind and saying, he, in my little fluting voice, he scored two goals, I remember saying. <laughs> and then he got to the end of the game, he'd got four. But yeah, but it, it, yeah, you know, it, it was, it, that was his genius. That was Greaves' genius. Anyway, where were we, Chidge? Sorry, I, I can't remember. But I found some. There's been some interesting dialogue going on in Twitter. Apparently, I, I, yeah, I've got. I've got to read you this. This is from Jesper, uh, not Jesper. Oh, Jesper Gronkia or Jesper Gronkia. Yeah, was it Jesper Olsen used to play for Man United, didn't he? He did. He did. I wonder if it is the same Jesper Olsen then. Although this is Jesper Cock uh, Olsen, spelt with a K, just just to make sure. Cock Olsen. Jesper Cock Olsen. He said, this is boring and JK needs to brush up on his archaic hate. It's an interesting use of English. Not quite sure what that means. Archaic hate. Archaic hate. Which bit is boring? I don't know. I'm trying to establish that. Uh, I can't I can't figure out whether it was our talk about um, about uh, the substitutes, the, the FFP or the referees. But I quite like that. Oh, it's a boring bit because I keep going on about refs. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, um, Mr. Mr. Cock. It's um, it's uh, it's tedious of me to go on about it, despite the fact that every single game we have the same problem. I won't mention it again. No. Uh, when you're listening. I think so he's that... being. I think he's being ageist. Yeah, I think he is. Archaic hate. Archaic hatred. Yeah. yeah. I think actually, he's being jealous because I'm. I know so much more about the game than he does. Anyway, he might not hear it because he said he's never going to listen again anyway. So. Oh, did he? <laughs> no, actually, he invoked he invoked a bit of JKism actually, which is wonderfully ironic. He said, "This is no longer working for me." Sadly, after almost a thousand splendid episodes, see ya. 
Well, do come back, Jess, because it, you know I'd hate to think that you you're, you're offended by something that we said. You know, that's the part. You know, you can't agree yeah. with. You cannot agree. I mean, for Christ's sake, I don't know how many shows I've done with you, J.K., but I mean, I, I must disagree with you at least three times every show. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? If we all sat here agreeing with everybody, it would be boring. That would be boring, wouldn't it? Chich, wouldn't it? I'm beginning to understand. If if I need to be replaced, no, 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 no. No. If Cock Olsen wants to come and replace me. No, um, no. I like doing the show with you. That's the point. We can't agree. You know, if the why can't do you know what? I was at a, I was at a, um um a, 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 a meeting with some fellow psychotherapists this weekend actually, and we were having a good chinwag, and we were talking about not this, not football. I don't get to talk about football with them, thankfully. But but they were saying one of them was saying the people have lost the um ability i don't think they should use the word ability but you know we we, we can't no that's right we 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 as a as a society are no longer to be able to bear being offended we can't bear being offended and and one of the other ones saying well isn't that what it's all about you know we, we should be offended by lots of things all the time you know um, that's the point we should get cross about things we should get angry about things we should disagree with things that's 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 that is the human existence you I know you, ca- you can't you can't cut out everything that offends you you can't cut out everything that you don't like otherwise you just end up living in a in, a, in an increasingly small echo chamber i think you know conflict is what makes the world go around difference but of that, opinion is what makes the world go around unfortunately we lots of people think you're judging them if you say something critical so they don't want to hear that you've only ever that's only ever happened to us once when you said i don't think this is working for me and you did actually fuck off but i love the fact that you did because you voted with your feet you said i'm not putting up with you being a tit and i'm off and i and you and you know what 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 happened then i spoke to you (laughs) i spoke i spoke to you off air and i apologize for being a tit that's how it works it's like a sort of uh, Lineker BBC stand, you know. Where... No, actually, his was his was more like. Funny, wouldn't it? If if yeah. JK, if you and JK had some falling out, and all your other guests, um... <laughs> they walked <laughs> off in. <laughs> and I, I would have to put out. I would have to put out a show with just the just the ads in the middle. You know, no commentary at all. You could, it would be quite a funny one to do around April Fool's Day. Where <laughs> you would, you, wouldn't if, you, if you could set it up so you're just talking to yourself. <laughs> oh, man, it would be so dull. But no, but the, my point is, and I say this quite often in, um, in, 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 you know, in the work that I do, you know, the importance in, 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 uh, in relationships, uh, the, one of the most important things is rupture and repair. You fall out with people and then you repair it. And the ability to understand that you can repair a relationship that has ruptured is fundamental to human existence, you know? So you can't agree with everybody all the time, mate. But hey, I, I hope you come back, Jesper. I really do. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for an apology, you know, if somebody yeah, apologizes. Quite right. But, yeah, me too, mate. I've made plenty of them in my life, so, you know. <laughs> anyway, moving back to the football after that weird interlude. I'd like to know, though, what actually what it is that I'm being archaic about. I don't my know. Because do, it's not specific. If You know, I could then, you know, brush brush up my behaviour if, if I agree with it. No, I, I see. I don't. I, I mean, if I'm being a bit of a Gareth to people, then I'm happy to change 
my view there but uh, you know my views are my view i mean actually do you know it's kind of it's it's actually quite uh topical bizarrely um because this is what the lineker thing's all about really you know lineker has a view we might not agree with his view we might not agree that he can do it publicly and he works for the bbc but he has a, a view and he's entitled to that view and that view should not be shut down or cancelled bottom line you know and he's not going to change that view it is who he is and i'm I'm a great fan in that so i've had my views and i'm not going to change some of them although some of them i will change when the argument per- persuades me that i might be wrong you know it's uh I was, I was taken to task for um approving of what potter had done by several people in my fan bite which i found very peculiar I because know. In, it, the games that have improved the last three i'm hardly like to carry on with the same um uh, angle am i saying nay shit he must go doesn't make any difference having said that i've had a a, a tweet from steve martin saying <laughs> he's not convinced that these th- this is we're out of the uh we're out of the bad well, place uh, this is why you are a genius jk if, if anybody wants to know why he earns the big bucks that he doesn't by being on this show <laughs> this is why because that's what i wanted to finish up by talking about yeah now we we talked earlier on didn't we um about what potter's been doing and i mean i think i think the point is is that there are certain things that we were asking for from potter um i don't think and i'm sorry to say this jk you're gonna have to like live with this one i don't think he's ever going to be like thomas tuchel or Mourinho or whoever no, no he won't be i agree in, in the in, okay. in the presses he's he, just I not agree. who he is you know i in any presser, in any yeah. media, response. no, you're not going to get that. You need, you're going to have to let that one go, old bean. All I right? agree, I agree. But what we wanted was somebody who looked like they cared on the touchline and who was like getting into it and really, you know, leaping about a bit. And he was doing that against Dortmund, as I said the other, on the other show. He even had his head in his hands and couldn't watch the penalty. I kind of really liked that, you know. He came on the pitch at the at the end with the players and clapped everybody. We like that. It shows his yeah. human side. I want yeah. to see that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to see his strength as a human being as well as his weaknesses. It's all part of the human existence again. Um, but on a on a on a more technical point, I want to see him make the right calls in matches, and um, we certainly got a bit of that in this match. And this is what this is from. This is what I was going to read from the Athletic earlier on. Uh, Mark Cucurella, Kaladu Koulibaly, and Wesley Fofana showed how important they are for Chelsea. Their aggressive nature made it harder for Leicester's combinations between the lines. And Potter's second-half switch to a 5-3-2, which is what you were talking about, JK, introducing Conor Gallagher in place of Jao Felix, made sure James Madison could not roam freely. Absolutely. He made a tactical change, which worked. What we want to see. He then moved to a back four in the 73rd minute to match Leicester. Mudrick looking better out on the left than he had centrally in the first half. And, of course... You know, they were, they were you know, in, in search of the equaliser, it goes on to say, Leicester left spaces behind, and this suited Havertz and Mudrick, whose offside goal was followed by the Ukraine forwards' first assist in the Premier League to make it 3-1. This is what we want to see. And uh, the lovely Danny Francisco, who, who's got my favourite name of all of our listeners, um, he said, I, I saw this post earlier on in Mixer, and I thought, mate, you, you nailed it. And we, when we were talking about... The fact that he's found a system that might work. Marco was saying he might have had his Conte moment. Ironically, the same moment that Conte had as well. But he said the difference between Tuchel and Potter is the system Tuchel was putting, the, the system that, tu, uh, that, that, that uh, Tuchel did was putting square pegs in round holes by wing backs who are not wing backs. I think you could say the same about Conte, to, to be fair. 
Potter started with a back four due to the fact we had no fit wing-backs and packed the midfield. Now we have enough players for both systems and Potter is not scared or too stubborn to change formation before games and in games, which I prefer. I think that's a really excellent point, Marco, actually. And maybe we're, we are, it, maybe it's not just gelling in terms of the players getting used to things, but maybe Potter's getting used to the players. Maybe, you know, it's just taken a bit of time for him to work it out. Maybe we are getting there. But... But this is the big question, isn't it? You know, what happens when, you know, it, it goes, what happens if it goes pear-shaped again? It's it's really difficult to call, isn't it? I think it's just, it's about consistency. You know, why are Arsenal where they are? They've just been consistent. You know, they've lost the odd game, but that's how you win titles. How, how Chelsea won the titles that they have in, in you know, in, in the 21st century... Those seasons um, uh, just un underpinned by consistency, um, a clutch of players who are playing every week, who know where they are without having to look for them, the managers in touch with the players, with the crowd, you know, and, it, and everything everything falls into place. And, you know, that, that's, that's the goal. Um, you know, and if Chelsea are going to, challenge for the title next season and let's face it you know that's that's the measure of a good football team in the modern age winning the premier league title um it's all about consistency so what we've got an opportunity to see between now and the end of the season always the 12 have we got 12 games left is it chelsea yeah. yeah so you know, let's see. We've won two two league games on the spin. Um, let's see if we can win twelve. I don't know where that would get us. Might might not get us. It might get us to fourth. It might get us to fifth. It might only get us to sixth. But if the and signs of if the signs of consistency through from now to the end of the season, then I think everybody would go into the summer thinking, Do you know what, things are looking good now. If if things look wobbly or, you know, the wheels come off or, uh, God forbid, Chilwell gets injured, you know, the, the, these kinds of things, these pivotal players um, that, you know, I'm not saying they're irreplaceable, but, you know, Chelsea with Chilwell and James, I know he didn't play the other day, but, you know, that's a Chelsea that does the business. Mm. Um, you and know, what think, when, then, then uh, Marco, if... Um, everybody played well. Which players they're going to have to get rid of? Because they will get rid of some players. They have well, no, yeah. but but that's it. That goes back to that the the, the two pronged argument of it's a sixteen man game now. Um, who 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 would you know <coughs> who would make do? Who would be happy with a thirty minute cameo role um, week in week out? Um, you know, is that is that what people is that what players are going to come to expect in these um, engorged squads that that have a lot of uh, players on on top money or wanting game time? Well, I mean, uh, Mourinho managed to do it, didn't he? Well, he did, but Mourinho was um, Mourinho kind of left a trail of destruction behind him. Very didn't true. He? Very true. So he just he just rinsed every ounce of energy. He could out the players at his disposal, and and in particular the players that fitted the way he wanted to play, did, did what he did, and then it went tits up. He fucked off, and the squad fell apart. For you know, and and that's not just 
Chelsea, you know, it was United, you know, it's, it's happened at a few places where, where he's been. Um, so I, I think, you know, what I want to see now, I want to see consistency. I want to see how he deals with a dour Sean Dyche, you know, um, and maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Dyche is thinking, do you know what? If we get, if we get a point or score a goal, against Chelsea I'll take that as a win so if he comes to Chelsea with that attitude we've got we've, we've got every chance if he's coming there and you know going to play 19th century football um that'll be interesting just to see you know how how many nonnies and mudricks and all those creative guys that we've got um how many of those have to get minutes to try and find a way through you know a 10-man defense so it's all it's all interesting stuff. I mean, I know you know I'm forever a glass half full kind of Chelsea supporter, but you know I, I'd rather, as I said at the top of the show, I'd rather be Chelsea in tenth place the way we're playing now than Chelsea in tenth place after that Southampton defeat. So come on the Blues, absolutely. JK, what did what did, what was Steve saying? You you mentioned Steve, a lovely Steve, by the way. Aren't you well, mate? Always good to hear from you. He was saying, um, could we, in fact, when it was it too late to bring up in the script, the fact that um, uh, it, it isn't all rosy just because we've won three games. And he felt that it, we were a bit lucky in in, in all three of them. And, uh, I think that um, we, we said that, 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 you know, maybe we deserved a bit of luck. Yeah, we talked about the luck yeah. earlier. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just something it was specific. I mean, read it out, see what he said, see if I can find it. Um, well, I mean, while you're doing that, I mean, it, you know, you know it, OK, the best way I can say this is 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 by, you know, dropping a, a celebrity clangor, really. But I had a nice long chat with our mate King Kerry yesterday, Marco, on the on the way up yeah. to the smoke. You know, I try and have a catch up with him. Once a week, when uh, when I when I when I can, anyway, and and I asked him that. I said, so what do you think then? You know, I said, have we turned a corner? And he and and he said, well, I I don't know yet. You know, we'll see, we'll see. He said it's clearly better. Things are beginning to work, and he was quite happy and buoyant. But he wasn't prepared to say, oh yeah, that's it, we're back. You know, blah 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 blah. Yeah. He said, let's wait and see. And Kerry actually always does. So when we get a really good player who has a couple of good games and they start their career. You phone him up and say, what do you think of this kid? He looks good. He said, well, you know, let's see him play for a season. You know, Kerry's always very measured about this kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe we haven't quite, maybe, we, you know, it's a, what did Churchill say? It's not, it's not, it's not the uh, beginning of the end, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning or that one. That, that, that was, have I got that quote? Yes, yeah. you got that very well. Yes, very. It's not the beginning of the end, but the end of the beginning. Yes, um, Steve Martin <laughs> said, um, I know too late for script, but could you perhaps discuss the possibility we're all getting carried away? I'm not being negative, but more realistic. Mm. Dortmund should have scored twice last Tuesday. Leicester scored once and should have scored three more. Mm. I mean, I did say, I didn't first say, I said defensively, we weren't actually as good as we were in getting the ball at the other end, looking as if we'd score, which is um, the opposite of how we've been over the last few weeks, because our, our defence has been one of the best in the division, hasn't it? Um, it's the ability to get the ball in the net has been the problem, uh, but yeah. But I thought Leicester weren't bad. I said that earlier. Yeah. I thought they, they were. They've got some really tricky players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a good point, Steve. Well made, and I I think you know I, I think 
as always with Chelsea Football Club, a healthy scepticism is not a bad thing. But I think, I think for me, it's about and Marco. I'm sure you would agree with this too. It's about it's about the manager and the players and how they look, and they looked horrible, horrible against Southampton. Potter looked like a rabbit caught in the headlights, and the players looked like a fucking pub team, and they did, looked like they didn't care and they didn't know what to do. But if mm. if if we lose to people because they are a much much better side and we play you know, 100%, they put in a shift, they do everything they can, they, lo- they look like they care, and I, I've got no problem with that, you know, and, and I think, I think you know, they, they look like they're getting their mojo back in that room. I think the Dortmund game, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think we all felt it before, let alone during and after, but it always had the potential to be a really, a real turning point in, in this squad and Potter in, in their Chelsea careers. But in that game, I mean, I commented about this on Friday, Marco, saying, mate, they were getting involved with scraps. They were aggressive. They were, they were, you know, looking after each other. It, it, that, for me, is, is as important as what's going on in terms of putting the, goal, uh, the ball in the net and all of that. You know, they were fighting for each other. And that's important, mate. I think, you know, the, the, the old adage, you, you, um, you don't lose, you learn. Mm. So what did you know it feels it feels like Potter and that squad of players have sort of dissected you know why did we lose that game what can we learn from it let's do this better that's what it feels like to me dead basic isn't it yeah. beating the first man with a corner fucking scored from a corner um you know Fafana you know, just getting the basics right. What we, what can we do right? What can we do better? What are we good at? So Enzo Fernandez flicking the ball <clears throat> deftly to to Havertz. Uh, you know, all, all those little magic touches. It's it's just about the belief, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. And, and learning and you know doing doing the homework on the next opponent. You know, as we've said, you know that 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 game against Everton could could be as ugly as Chelsea allow allow it to be in terms of you know if it's just going to be an attrition a war of attrition, or they can say, well, do you know what? They, they don't they don't offer anything. We've got the ability to you know if we if we go for the throat for the first twenty five minutes. You know, now Lady Luck's back on our side. We could be three up. And, yeah. and, that, and that's the attitude. You've got to believe you can win every game. You know, and, I, and the biggest criticism I had of Potter um, was just that dour way he had of saying, um, you know, they were, they were a well-prepared oppon- opponent and a difficult opponent. And it's always a difficult place to come, you know, which is kind of Brighton manager mentality. Yeah. We're not expecting much. You know, or, or like, you know, Potter coming to Stamford Bridge, Pete Chelsea with, with Brighton. You know, it's a difficult play. We're not expecting to get much, blah, blah, blah. And maybe maybe he's kind of the pennies drop that he's the Chelsea manager yeah. now. And, and you know, that has to stop. All of that has to stop because it just makes him a target for criticism. Well, even and- it'll piss even us off. I mean, that's well, the no, point. If he's saying, he hasn't if he's, helped himself, has he, at all? No, he hasn't. But if he's saying that to the media, what's he saying to the players on the training ground? You know, we've got to show, 
You've got to show Tottenham respect, lads. It's not like, you know, it, it, I mean, I was absolutely mortified at the thought of what was going on. Mm. Um, you know, when we lost that game and I was just thinking, this guy just doesn't, does not get it. Um, you know, and we, we will see, um, you know, th th there's some interesting games to be played. There's there's Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal. Um, we've got to play City again. Yeah, towards the end of the season, Newcastle's yeah. the last game as well, isn't it? You know, so they're, they're the games where you want to see, right, you know, let's really see what this fella's got in his locker. Um, that's a good point Mark sorry to butt in and cut across you but that is a really good point because you know Leicester are, are down near the bottom although they're, they're much better I think than their position at the table says uh, I still think Dortmund a pony although I, I did kind of get my ears or wings clipped a bit by the media saying that they're the informed team in Europe so maybe what do I know you know Leeds are dreadful um, you know I, I think you're right you know we are Chelsea football club we're used to beating the likes of City and Liverpool and and you know team teams that are doing really really well you know that that's that's really where the tests are going to come and and we need to see him passing a few of those tests I think and not not rolling over like we did against City earlier in the season but like I think again the Dortmund game could could turn out to be pivotal in terms of I mean, here's the thing. Maybe, maybe he now feels like a Chelsea manager. You know, he's done, You know, what happened against Dortmund was a very Chelsea thing. We were behind, but we had our backs to the wall. We had to get a fucking result. Not many people expected us to. We turned in a superb performance. We really fucking played like we should do, and he was part of that. So maybe, may, and, he, and it was a great night at the Bridge too. Everybody was rocking. You know, maybe that's helped to make him feel like a Chelsea manager, make him feel like he belongs at this level. It's the same with players, isn't it? Exactly. You know, and it's like, you know, helping himself to, you know, I mean, that line that he came out with about his first Champions League game mm. that he attended was as a Chelsea manager. Absolutely. You know, in hindsight, you know, if he looks back and says, I can't believe I said that. And it's like, I mean, it's just, given what followed um, just inviting criticism but now he's probably thinking hang on a minute let's have a look at the teams that are left in this this competition you know if we get a decent draw you know we're through the semi-finals we know we're going to play in the semi-finals five victories and I'm going to be the manager of the Champions League winners yeah. <laughs> that's the way he's got to be thinking yeah definitely you know, anything, else, anything else is not acceptable from a Chelsea manager, that's got to be the ambition. And all the players have got to buy into that. And surprise, surprise, most of them have bloody won the competition before. I mean, Fernandes has won the World Cup, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, it's like Sozangolo Kante. Yeah. No, it's about it's about belief, but I think JK, it's as much about Potter really believing in himself. You know, I think that's what we're beginning to realise. Maybe, maybe that's changing. It's unfortunately the pressure is still on. It's dependent on 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 results yeah. in, in every competition he's in. Obviously, the major <laughs> competition will be will be the Champions League. And as we've established, that the um, by chatting to various journalists, the the aim of the board is to get as far as obviously get as far as they can in the Champions League. But they think exactly right, Marco. The board think they have the opportunity to win it if Conte is fit and the players start to play up to their as you say, their abilities. 
um, World Cup champions and champions of Europe, as lots of the players have been within this within this setup. And so that is something that he, he he's he, the first hurdle of beating Dortmund was immense for him and the club because they're still in with the possibility of winning the major competition, which is something that you would never have thought possible about eight weeks ago when we looked an absolute rabble of rag shower. Um, but I think one of the problems he didn't help himself with was it's stuff like us just watching them and thinking, I don't think you've got the right combination of players. I don't know what you're doing. We couldn't work out a plan. We're still taking dreadful corners. You've had a week off to work with them. We're out of all the cup competitions. There's no improvement week to week. And I think this was one of the things that has put pressure on him. He put pressure on himself with not we're not seeing any improvement um, from game to game. And the most elementary things as, as like corners and and set pieces just being rubbish. So I think he has been helped, whether this has anything to do with him and his tactical acumen, by the better <laughs> players returning. Yeah. And it may be as simple as that. And he's just, he's been very lucky. Mm. I mean, I, I, it must be that he has become tactically more aware because he's playing he, he's playing the three at the back with the two wing backs. But it was absolutely obvious that that was the way to go if you've got two of the best wing backs in the world. Yeah. So, um but yeah, let's 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 see. Let's, let's just see. What, what we've got to see. You know, I I there is that knowing being Chelsea, we could win practically every game till the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's Chelsea, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What a lovely note to end it on. It's been a while coming, but uh, I'm. It's really lovely to be talking about the football when when we're in this kind of mood. There we go. Sadly, though, uh, that is all we've got time for tonight. Now, JK and I will be back on Friday with the lovely Dane Whittle uh, for this week's preview show, looking ahead to the Everton match on Saturday. Um, and there's a good omen, Marco, a uh, very good omen for this one, right? Uh, because I am going with my nephew, Sasha, who is now 17. Remember... Yeah. yeah, remember I took before the lockdown. Yeah, I I took him to his first game uh, in January before the lockdown, and you look you were lovely. You gave him loads of books and uh, spoiled spoiled him rotten. Anyway, the good omen here is that his first match was against Burnley, managed by Sean mm. Dyche, and we walloped him three nil. And he's now coming to his second match, which is against Everton, managed by Sean Dyche. So hopefully Sasha is a good omen. So we're, I'll be looking forward to that. We'll be talking about uh, the preview of that on Friday, as we always do. Uh, just a quick shout out for Patreon. You know the you know the score now. We've got a Patreon account. You can bunk some money every month if you feel so disposed. Uh, you don't have to. There's no pressure. I love you all anyway. But if you want to, uh, then it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. If you do, you will be entitled to a kerry dixon mini banner and of course you can join the fabulous discord group and join all the nutters in there it's great fun they're lovely 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 people most of whom you will find on mixler every week uh so by all means uh do that uh and and finally yes you're probably saying why are there no emails this week well because we get so many lovely brilliant emails from you all that we're now having to accommodate them by doing a separate show called in off the post jk aren't we is there another one this week, Chidge? If you would like to do one, are you available? Are you, f are you uh, fit and free for selection? I'm not available Wednesday night or Thursday night. Would you like to do it tomorrow night? I'm not available then either. Well, then we can't do one. 
Can we do one in a hole you have in the day? I don't have any holes, mate. We can't do one. <laughs> no, this week's frightfully busy. Uh, actually, I'm, I might consult my... You, you, you're, you're gallivanting around town all, all, every evening this week? Yes. Well, actually, I'm going to... There's a Chelsea thing on Thursday. Is there? What's that, then? Yeah. It, it's um, it's organised... I don't know what it's for, actually, but we're, we're getting to... There's a Q&A with uh, Emma Hayes and Graham Potter. Oh, wow. Oh, you for the for the uh, the posh people, yeah? Yeah, for po- posh, posh persons. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but it had to be said. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the... I've got a posh person's ticket, yeah. All right. Do you think, do you think we can roll it over to the week after, then? Um, we could do an early-ish one on Wednesday, because I'm going out to no. dinner. Mate, I'm, so, I'm 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 not free until uh, eight on Wednesday. So. No, I can't. Well, let me see. Let me see. It, it, it's it's with the ex-girlfriend, so let me see whether she still wants to go. Just ahead. so you know, I'm I'm free as a bird tomorrow because my seven o'clock client's cancelled, so I'm free. You know, normal kind of time. Wednesday, I'm not free until half eight, really. And actually, this Thursday, I'm free earlier than normal because my seven o'clock on Thursday has cancelled as well. So I'm free from about half seven on Thursday. And obviously Friday we'll be doing the preview show. Just give me a tinkle, old bean. If 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 we can, we can. If we can't, we'll hold it over to next week. All right? The whole appears, we'll hold it over to next week. Yeah. But I don't have any holes in the day. I'm, I am literally now back-to-back sure. Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays with clients, So, which is good for me and my bank account, but not really good for my health. <laughs> but there you go. All right, well, well, we'll pause on that one and we will. I'll get my people to talk to your people and we'll figure it out. Yes. Anyway, if you do want to send uh, an email to us that will eventually be read out, uh, the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Of course, you can send us messages via all of our social media and we'll try and pick up on those too. Uh, you can follow the show on social media at Chelsea Fancast. In fact, we're at Chelsea Fancast on all of the, the, the you know social platforms. Jonathan is Jonathan Kidd. Marco is Gate17Marco. There you go. Right. You lovely people in Mixler. Great fun seeing you in there as always. Uh that's it. Thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue. Oh, I didn't say thank you to Marco and JK. How rude of me. Marco, you and your hat have been quality and class tonight. Good to see you, buddy. As always, looking well as well. I'm glad to say. Lovely to be on the show. Thank you for having me as a guest. Always lovely to see you, mate. And uh, uh, what was I going to say to you? Well, obviously, I'll bring Sasha to the stall on Saturday. Uh, don't feel you have to give him any books. He did very well out of you last time. So just just say hello to him and that'll be it. I, mean, I must share this with you. I gave him a copy of Tales for one of his many Christmas presents. I gave him a copy of Tales from the Shed. But I gave him a version that was signed by you and Mark. Oh, right. And he was really funny about it because uh, I did actually write in the book and told him that, who it was. And he said... You think they were players? Who 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 are who are who are these guys? Who are these guys? <laughs> I said, well, you you met Marco at the store. I said they wrote the book, mate. He said, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> I don't I don't think, I don't know. Maybe he did think they were players, but there you go. The other thing is, I've got two weeks off uh, over Easter, and I'm going to hopefully put uh, a first draft together of the book. Oh, right, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. that's my plan. Good, 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 good. So Have keep... you got all the material now? Yeah, done all the interviews. Fantastic. So there you if, go. So if you've got all that time off, could could we squeeze in doing the the Paul Ride uh, show where I take my laptop? Yes. Down and do it that way. Definitely. Because he's up for it. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right. I'll have a look at there. Yeah, definitely. There are there are things I have to do. Uh, no, no, no. But, I mean, whenever, but, but whenever I mean. A window in your file effects over yeah. 
definitely or a holiday or whatever definitely no it, it, it absolutely without a doubt a good time to do it otherwise it'll never happen so i'm i i, yeah. I, I will commit to that and we'll we'll figure out a, a date and a time that works best for all of us all right okay brilliant marvelous lovely to see you as i said mark always a pleasure uh jk fantastico lovely to see you as always Sir. and i will see you on friday neat as always i'll be there i'll be there lovely stuff okay you people uh good night uh, mixler people love you as always thanks for listening see you friday until then keep it blue keep it careful keep your chills It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.